Here we go, episode 29 of the Hardline Sports Talk. John Michael Masiri, Michael Merlo here with you, and this is definitely different. It's weird. We're sitting in our own houses with our own microphones <laughs> over Zoom. This is it's pretty cool though. JM, yeah. how you doing? I'm doing great. Excited, loving this this layout right now. I get to see your beautiful face, and we're not even in the same room. Look at this. I know. Well, yeah, definitely my beautiful face. I'm very excited. We're both very excited for this. Um, there's a, lo- a couple of new things. We did take a break, but that's that's because we were figuring some things out, and that's because we're going to be now. You're going to be able to watch us on uh, your screens wherever you want to get us. You can watch us on YouTube. We have a YouTube channel at Hardline Sports Talk, so we'll we'll put that on all of, all of our social media pages. And uh, this is uh, I'm excited for this. This is good. Me too. This is uh, we got a YouTube now, more TikTok content. Um. I'm loving it, except I'm in black and white, and I, yes, I got to get that figured out. I got an, an IT appointment tomorrow to figure this out. I don't know. My computer's been like this for a while. Um, so yeah, I, I'm just I'm 1950s JM today. That's it. Yeah, yeah. God, God forbid. Before he was telling me, he says we could just record. It's the same thing as it just you know if it was like 60 years ago. So <laughs> there we go. Uh, black and white. It's fine now. You look good as always. Uh, the Yankee hat looks uh, perfect there. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. Yeah, and your Ryan Blaney poster there as well. That's, yeah, my boy. Nice. He just he just won two back to back wins going into the playoffs. Yeah, there you go. There's your NASCAR NASCAR content for oh, yeah. the day. Quick NASCAR plug. <laughs> yeah, there we go. So um, again, we're gonna post everything that you need to know, everything new on our social media. It's also our lists on Instagram. Our lists of uh, players, please. We we have a lot of interaction already. We'd love mm-hmm. some more. So we've been posting that, so um, we're going to keep that up as well. But um, let's start with the circus in Queens, huh? <laughs> yeah. I mean, because that's what because that's what it is at this point. I mean, the- they they just find ways to make it so difficult to be a fan of the team. You know, I went to a couple of games this week. Spent good money this week on on Mets games. Okay, and my reasoning not not to see them because they're in contention. It wasn't for me to. It was just for me to go and enjoy baseball because baseball is my favorite sport. It's my first love. And I was just like in two months from now in November, I'm going to be crying for baseball as much as I love football, as much as I'll be excited for every giant game, no matter if it's a meaningful or meaningless game, I'm going to be excited to watch them, but I'm going to be crying for baseball in November. So I'm saying, why don't I watch when I can and go when I can, even if they're in it or not. And they're making that difficult now. I mean, I said it to you before. I said, at this point, why even watch a game? Uh, the, the, this whole, listen, we've talked about it. This team has just been shooting themselves in the foot in the media and, and what on the field, obviously. Um, between the Pete Alonzo comments, I don't know which one to pick. There's been like three or four different instances of that. Steve Cohen's even been cringy at points on Twitter and, and wherever. And now this thing with Baez, where they're doing thumbs down, He's he's booing the fans back, dude. You've been here for a month. You're batting. What is he even batting? Two hundred with the Mets. Two hundred. That's okay. it. Two hundred. He's swinging at balls. Where if he had an, another bat extended to that to his bat, he would still miss it. It's so far outside, but he's still swinging at it. Um, and, and you you want to tell me you're gonna boo the fans back, especially after all the stuff you've put out there, like Pete Alonso saying, "Oh, believe in us, believe in us." You just had an ultimate collapse you were up five games or whatever in the division now you're what are they seven games back now seven and a half games seven back. and a half games back now and you have not been performing 
come on, man. These are thumbs down. They're they're the ones who are filling your pockets with all this money, and they're the ones who are still coming to the games, even though you guys have collapsed and are in third place in your division. And supporting you, cheering you on. I was at the game on Sunday. He hit that bomb. The place went crazy. We all went crazy. Listen, if we listen, fans, it's short for fanatic. I said this before. It's short for fanatic. So people are going to be crazy. Fans are crazy. We're irrational. But that's just because we have so much love for our teams. You know, if listen, maybe we were unfair with Lindor in April or May booing him when he was off to a tough start. You're in August. Okay. You're supposed to be a playoff team. That was the expectation. You collapsed and now you're playing terribly and your big names in a big city playing bad. What the hell did you expect? How soft can you be? I don't. I love France. I wanted to love Francisco Lindor. I, I, I love the trade. I loved everything about it. He seems like a great guy, but it's so difficult right now. They don't have a Javier Baez problem right now. Javi Baez can go kick rocks. Oh, I could give a crap about him. He's gone in two yeah, months. He, oh, doesn't matter. hundred percent. Yeah. Francisco Lindor's here for another decade. That's the problem right. that Steve Cohen has to address. And, and you said it, Francisco Lindor is a great guy. And listen, you can be a good guy and still not be able to perform well in New York. We saw it with Sonny Gray in New York. Good guy. He started smiling when he got booed off the mound. Some guys just can't listen. Francisco Lindor is a guy where the stadium gets loud. He feeds off that energy. He gets crazy. You know, he comes up clutch and whatnot, but then he does it that way. But on the other side, when he's performing bad or the team's performing bad and they start booing him and stuff like that, then all of a sudden he can't roll with that either. Then, oh, they're throwing up. And like you said, it's not just Lindor, but I'm just using him right now. We're throwing up uh, thumbs down and stuff like that. Give me a break. And you know, Where's the accountability on this team, too? Because there is done. This was a team we're talking about playoff. Nobody was saying World Series right away, but you know, we saw all this division's really bad, right? They have they have a big lead. They have they can make all these trades. They have guys coming off the IL. DeGrom's having this fantastic season and whatnot. And now all of a sudden, you're seven and a half games back in the National League East, which is no division to look twice at where's the accountability all these things in the media oh, oh, oh we're gonna do better believe in us blah 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 uh the, all the jokes the freaking donnie stevenson crap and all this and, and now like i said you're seven and a half games back and the fans start booing you and you start doing a thumbs down give me a break man starting shit with this fan base this crazy yeah. ass fan base yeah. yeah you don't want to pick a fight with no. us we i mean and, really know, we're very big, irrational i have big respect for sandy alderson for what he said because it, it takes a little bit of balls to say that to say you know what he, he's wrong basically our fans can do whatever the hell they want and he's right because at the end of the day, it starts with the fans and it ends with the fans. This is an entertainment business. As much as you know, these guys are out there to have fun and play baseball, at the end of the day, you're making the money you're making and playing at the stage you're playing at for the fans. Yeah. He said um, this is part of Sandy Alderson's statement made last night. Uh, the, um, the gestures made by... Javi Baez and the other players totally unacceptable and will not be tolerated. He says that the organization is frustrated with the fans and how they've, I mean, not with the fans, excuse me, with the players and how they've played and that he will, again, that he will not tolerate it. It's unprofessional. He said Mets fans are loyal, passionate, knowledgeable, and more than willing to express themselves. We love them for every one of these qualities. So listen, you had to know that Steve Cohen and Sandy Alderson were going to side on we're going to be on the side of their paying customers that pay these guys. It's just 
you don't want to pick a fight. You don't want to pick a fight here. And um, I want to go to the game tomorrow just to poo the crap out of them. Yeah. And I want to see what happens. I'm very excited for 7-10 tomorrow. Um, because I oh no, it's a it's a day game. It's a two games. It's a day night doubleheader. So that yeah, that'll be interesting. It'll get ugly. But this team, like, they're not they're not playing well, obviously. But there's one way to fix this, and that's to go on some sort of run. I don't expect it. I don't. I don't know how much it would even do over the next 13 games because the Braves look like they're running away with it. But it's it's really not a good look. Um. I saw Trevor May trying to defend himself and his teammates. Trevor May was basically saying on Twitter today, like, yeah, Javi Baez misspoke. We don't want to, like, I'll pull up the tweet in a minute, but he was basically saying, like, yeah, like, I don't know what the hell this guy was saying. So I don't know if everybody even agrees with it. You don't even, you don't hear from Pete Alonso. You don't hear from guys like Brandon Nimmo. And also one more thing I want to add, the Mets have a massive culture problem because they let the players do whatever the hell they want. And they've always done, that's always how they've been. But they have a culture problem from this standpoint. Think about all those small issues they've had in this clubhouse, whether it was the rat raccoon thing with Lindor and McNeil, the Donnie Stevenson, the, the hitting coaches getting fired. Um, they, ha- they they do all these stupid things in the clubhouse that look fun. But when you're not winning and when you're playing terribly and you lose a terrible lead like that, it doesn't look all fun and cute. It, right. It's embarrassing. Winning makes everything better. And like you said, when you're not winning, it gets really embarrassing. And yeah, like I said, it just corny stuff out of this team the whole year. And and now when things start going south, you can't you can't all of a sudden be like, oh, come on, the, the fans are being ridiculous and blah, blah, blah. blah. And maybe I, I don't think that is true that Javi Baez misspoke. I think Trevor May is trying to kind of like, you know, sweep under the rug kind of a thing. But I don't know. Javi Baez is basically writing this ticket out of town right now. I mean, did the Mets even, I don't know if the Mets wanted him back in the first place, but now the, obviously the fans aren't going to want him back. Well, I didn't want him back in the first place. I definitely don't want him back now. And he's not only hurting him. His, I don't think the Mets are going to do anything. I think they're just going to let him walk, but I think he definitely hurt his chances with other teams as well. I mean, how does another team look at this and and say, Oh, we want this guy. You know what sucks is well okay I I disagree with you there I don't think that's really going to play much of a factor what he's I think it hold on I think his I, performance will obviously play a factor but I don't think him th- throwing a thumbs down to the Mets fans is really going to make a big deal to be honest with him you. picking a fight is and it's been already said by a, a few people th- this is not good I don't think he's not going to get signed I think it's I think it'll be oh, a red yeah, flag for some teams I think teams are going to be turned off by that that's what uh, I should say. Um, you made me forget what I was going to say now. Oh, uh, the thing that sucks here, though, is you hate to look at it like this, but in a way, you kind of have to. The Mets made this move for Javier Baez, obviously, to win. And was it their number one move? Probably not. Did they make it out of pressure from the fans or whatever? Who knows? And there were there have been rumors that they knew DeGrom was going to be out for a while, and they didn't really want to make any moves and, and whatever. But the thing that sucks here is you basically gave away Pete Crow Armstrong, who's a pretty well-respected pro- prospect. Nothing crazy, but... Has your your first-round pick in 2020. Your first-round pick, right. Um, You basically gave him away for free because Baez is going to walk, and you're not playing any meaningful games right now. Yeah. So 
that's the thing that sucks about trading for rentals. And at least when you trade for a rental, you're, you're like, okay, if I'm not going to win the world series, maybe at least we'll, you know, flirt in the playoffs a little bit, go on a nice little run. It's been the opposite with this team. So all you've gotten out of this guy really has been misery. He's been hurt. He's had his over five with five strikeouts games. And it, it really does suck that you just give up a, a way, uh, give away a decent prospect for nothing. You've said it a bunch of times, Steve Cohen. I, I don't want to say whiffed, but he didn't get um, – he wanted to hire a team president that was not Sandy Alderson. He wanted Alderson, but not to be president of baseball operations. Um, he wanted somebody else to do that, and he didn't get a few of his candidates. And he ended up having to go to Steve and hire Jared Porter and Zach Scott on this team. And um, clearly this isn't the way that – team has to go they need a real team president and i think they need another general manager i think it's pretty obvious they need oh, yeah. a, a manager as well um and luis rojas i was at the game on wednesday as well against the giants and luis rojas after he took taiwan walker out of the game after 74 pitches in the seventh inning which i actually agreed with the decision but that's another you know story he was getting fire rojas chance and you know how luis rojas answered those that question in, in the post game like a man saying the fans are passionate, the fans, you know, have every right to express how they feel. And, you know, I just have to ignore it like right. a man. That That's what that is. That's, that's worse answer. than booing. That's them literally calling for his job. It's a yeah. perfect answer. Yeah. Um, this is a tweet from a fan to Trevor May. Can I walk into my class next week as a teacher and thumbs down certain kids when I take attendance? Bias hung you all out to dry and it looks really bad. Listen, none of you are paying my mortgage, so I could care less, but it looks really bad. And Trevor May says, Dan, period, I know. Basically saying he understands how bad it looks. Right. And I'm guessing Trevor May is not really, even though, again, he was caught on camera going like this, thumbs down. I'm guessing Trevor May isn't with this whole you know, thumbs down to the fans. Right. Agreed. And, you know, when we're talking about not. Rojas, we're talking about Rojas. That's a good answer out of Luis Rojas. And one thing I needed to get with, with this guy and with the way managers are now in the MLB, I heard on the radio, they're like, oh, well, let me ask you a question. You really think Rojas decided to take out Taiwan Walker? Or you, or you think that was just a decision coming from upstairs? I'm a little tired of this where we act like these managers have zero power. I mean, come on. The, the manager, maybe they're getting a lot of influence from the front office and they're saying, hey, here's the analytics. Here's this. I think you could do this to the lineup, make the, you know, do this little tweak. But they're still making decisions out there. So let's stop every time a manager makes a bad decision, say, oh, but it really came from upstairs. And then every time a manager makes a good decision, say, oh, it really came from upstairs. Like, it was, I think they, it was part of a game plan. They can still I do. This. Yes. Great point. It might've been part of the game plan, but Luis Rojas is not calling Sandy Alderson in the dugout and saying, Hey, you think I should take out Taiwan Walker here? Come on. Exactly. Yeah. You agreed. really think that's happening? Um, the, you know, to fix this culture thing, you know, cause we speak about the manager. I, I, I do think part of it is the manager. Luis Rojas is 39 years old. I don't know how tough he is on these guys. I mean, and I mock somebody on the radio today for saying Buck Showalter, but is that crazy? Like, I understand Buck I wasn't. I don't think that's crazy. Like, you really want no BS in this locker room? You That right there, there will be well, no listen, loose ends. Listen, Buck Showalter's got a solid resume. He's got, he was with the Yankees, with the Orioles. He's been, 
He's been in the major leagues a really long time. He's a knowledgeable guy, old school Southern guy. I don't, it, it's a big difference to go from Rojas to, uh, to, to show Walter, but I don't think that's off the table. And I, and I think that's kind of what this team needs. I think they kind of yeah. need a kick in the ass type of manager. Exactly. To, to they need to be, they need to mature. They need yes, to be exactly, matured. Exactly. I, I agree. And, and, and I think, with new management to align with Steve Cohen and where he's everybody all of a sudden wants to call this guy, George Steinbrenner, where, you know, he's going to have this like kick-ass attitude. All right. You want to be George Steinbrenner? Go, go get your Billy Martin, go sign, go get a kick-ass manager to go along with your kick-ass mentality. I also, uh, a guy that I, exactly. A guy that I also thought about was Carlos Beltran. I, I, do think mm. he's going to be a really good manager. Yeah, I don't know how he's going to be with the players. I don't see him being this puppet. Listen, no, I don't I'm see. Not even, I'm not even saying E because of him as a manager, but the way that story went where they freaking hired him and then he left because of the cheating. You really want to bring him back now? It's not. Uh, yeah, it might not look great, but it's not the same regime. Listen, I don't know how Carlos Beltran, how his personality is with being a manager. And whatever, I think he's going to be tough. But like I said, yeah, if he wants to, if he's going to be tough, then I don't think that's a terrible idea. But like I said, they need a guy who's going to be tough and, and and put a charge into this team. Yeah, I, I, I don't know who it was Sunday night and I was listening to ESPN radio. And this is the last thing on the bias. Thing. I'll talk about the Yankees in a minute. Um, and he says he was at the Nets game. He was covering the Nets when they were in the playoffs game seven against the Bucks. And he's, you know, have the Madison Square Garden. They show the famous people on the boards during timeouts. They're doing the same thing at Barclays. And a couple of the players from the Yankees on this team were there, and they got a nice polite cheer. And Rob Sala was on there, and he got a nice polite cheer as well. And then Mark Messier was on there. Mark Messier got a nice round of applause. And then Eli Manning was on the board. And the place went crazy, Mm. the guy said. Erupted. What's the difference? Yankee players, good team. They've been on good teams. They haven't won anything. Rob Sala, new coach, lots of promise, hasn't won anything. Mark Messier and Eli Manning, Messier once, Eli twice, got the biggest round of applause in the New York arena because they've won championships. If Lindor and Baez want to shut these people up, (laughs) if they want to be loved, win a championship because you'll be beloved, especially with the Mets, you'll be beloved forever. Those 1986 guys are you know royalty if they were to ever show up at city field so that's what playing in new york is it's going to be tough but when you win it's the greatest place to win and look at guys like stanton it's just one example giancarlo stanton came here with massive expectations and has handled everything incredibly well the first series at home when he got here he was getting booed for for what reason in 2018 why was he getting booed for absolutely no reason Mm. And he handled it like a man every time. There have been instances with Jeter as well. There's that story going around in 1997, I think, when he started up, oh, broke my pen, when he started off terribly. And he said, I would boo me too. Right. That's how you have to handle it. Don't right. be a little baby. Yeah. I'm done with this. I'm, I'm so done with this. Let's, <laughs> um, let's move on to the Yankees here. The Yankees uh, just rattled off 13 straight and... Uh, split over the weekend with the Oakland A's. Uh, they're playing in LA right now. Anaheim, excuse me, not LA. Mm-hmm. Anaheim. What is there a score there? It's two nothing. Yankees. Oh, thank well, you. Well, come on. You just, I say two nothing. <laughs> 
I don't know. Corey Kluber, um, Corey Kluber's first start back tonight. What inning are we in? Um, I want to say the third because I was watching the game a little while before and it was the first inning. So it's crazy that this thing called third. Google or your phone or the MLB app. It all it all works yeah, and it third. gives you gives you the answer. That's good. Is Kluber still in? That's my next question. Yes. Okay, he, there you go. Two and two and a third hasn't given up a hit and wow. has four strikeouts. Very nice. So Kluber is back tonight. The Yankees are winning and they are four and a half up. Uh, that's their cushion on the wild card. Oh, four and a half up. They're four and a half up on the eighth. And, you know, that's the thing with them, you know, um, splitting the series with them. We want to, we want to win the division. Obviously that, that's the main goal. Um, that's going to be really hard to do though. Cause this Tampa Bay race team, man, they don't lose. Uh, the Yankees, I think it makes no sense the either because rattled off 13 in a row and they gained, they actually lost, I think a game because then they lost two in a row. The Rays That's swept insane. the Orioles, and the Rays are on a seven-game win streak. They're nine and one their last ten. They're probably fourteen and two in their last sixteen, or something like that. Um, so, yeah. you see the Rays' record against the Orioles this year? Yeah, eighteen and one. That's unbelievable. Um, That's unbelievable. It's going to be really tough for the Yankees to win this division. Uh, that that series at the end of the year, that three-game set uh, to end the season, literally the last series of the year against the Rays. If the Yankees are, you know, they have to obviously be three games back at the minimum in order to uh, make that win meaningful. that division. I don't even know if they will get a tiebreaker. I don't, I don't know what the tiebreaker is. It might be divisional record. It might be head-to-head record. I don't know what it is. Um, but, yeah, I mean, splitting against the A's, you can't – while you want to win every game, if you want to take something away from that positive, instead, you know, saying instead of sweeping them, you split it. The Red Sox now – or two games ahead of the A's instead of four games ahead of the A's. And if you ask me, I'd rather play the A's at Yankee Stadium instead of the Red Sox because, A, I just think the Red Sox are a slightly better team than the A's. And, B, the obvious one, it's Yankees-Red Sox. Anything can happen in Yankees-Red Sox. You know it's going to be crazy, stressful, emotional game. It would be cool from a fan perspective. While I would love to see as it. a baseball fan. I would love to see that as a Yankee fan. That's the last thing I want to see. But right. on the other side, if the Yankees do win that game, that's going to be like the greatest thing ever, because now I can like for a year, just shit on Red Sox fans. And that's amazing. Um, but yeah, I mean, this team's, this, they're playing obviously great baseball ever since they got, got Gallo and Rizzo. We know the, the stretch they've been on and that doesn't tell the whole story. I think, you know, everybody wants to point fingers at Rizzo and Gallo in a good way, saying that, you know, they, they've helped out this team tremendously, and they have. And not even – they don't even have to perform that well just from a, a – Because they're not. An athletic standpoint and, and a, a, a fundamental standpoint, a, a matchup standpoint, lineups and, and everything like that, and pitchers facing the lefty-righty and stuff like that. Um, but the pitching has been phenomenal. I mean, you have guys like Nestor Cortez has stepped up in a massive way. Um, Garrett Cole is – my favorite for the AL Cy Young, if you ask me right now. Um, Montgomery's having a fantastic year. Kluber just came back. Tyone's had a great year. Uh, Luis Heal, when he's been up, uh, he's had three starts, hasn't given up a run. And then you look at the bullpen. Jonathan Loisega is becoming – he's the Yankees' most trusted reliever right now. He's become one of the best relievers in the American League. Chapman, we still don't know about Chapman. He scares the crap out of me every time he touches <laughs> the baseball. Chad Green's had his ups and downs, way more ups lately. He's been pitching very well. 
And then you have other guys coming out of the bullpen like Litke and Albert Abreu and, and, and Wandy Peralta. And the list goes on of these guys that have stepped up and came up clutch in big ways. And, and the biggest difference, like I said, is just the fundamentals. The Yankees all of a sudden are like, a th- every time a guy gets on base, you're like, are they going to steal a bag? All of a sudden, they're like the best team at stealing bases in the American League. And they literally went from worst to first. Yeah. Um, I, I, I want to piggyback off your point of Rizzo and Gallo. Gallo's hit 152, I think, since he's gotten here. So he hasn't really gotten it going at all. Rizzo, before he had COVID, was hitting the socks off the ball. And since he's been back, he has definitely not been the same player. But they still win. And right. defensively, Rizzo makes a difference. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about that. But, yeah, the lineups, the matchups, it, it, it all really changed this team. It, it, I think the biggest thing was it energized this clubhouse. It, it, it really, right. you know, these guys who were struggling, guys that, you know. It takes the pressure um, off the clubhouse, especially. It takes the pressure off the clubhouse, right. And guys that you were expecting to perform that were not performing at a high level are now doing so. Maybe is it pressure? I I don't know whether it's relieving or adding pressure. I I don't know what it is, but they've all, they've all stepped up. Judge has been phenomenal. He, I thought he was, I thought he was a little streaky before, you know, the first few months of this season, but he's been unbelievable. Yeah. And, and, um, Voight has stepped up since, um, he's come back and you're getting, you got her back. Right. And you're getting Torres back soon. So this has been huge. And Stanton, we were talking about it on Friday. There's no getting that guy out when he's on like that. He's just on an incredible tear. I'm glad you brought him up because that's what I wanted to say with the Yankees. Ever since they've gotten Stanton, all everybody's been talking about is when are Stanton and judge both going to get hot at the same time? Like when are they, is this just going to be ridiculous? They're going on these ridiculous tears and, and we saw that, you know, maybe, maybe not from a power standpoint, you know, judge what judge has been on fire lately, but he's been just a complete hitter. He's been hitting for power and average and everything like that. So judge didn't go on a eight home runs over his last 10 games, crazy tear like that. But we saw both of these guys and it's still going on judges, judges Stanton are still both hot at the plate. They're hot at the same time and they just weren't on a 13 game win streak. So now you see what happens when the both of them go out. And obviously it's not just the both of them. Like you said, Luke Boyd and, and other guys have stepped up, but man, when the both of them are on, it's like at any point, the ball's just going to go 472 feet. Like John Carlo did at, at the Oakland Coliseum. It's, it's impossible to get both of those guys out hundred percent. DJ LeMay has still been a disappointment. Looking yeah. at the numbers yesterday, what if I told you Jonathan VR was having would be have like a much better year than right. he is? It's it's unbelievable that I think that's been the biggest disappointment so far for the Yankees this year. Biggest, yeah, I think that'd be the biggest disappointment for the Yankees this year. A guy that you expected to be your second best, third best offensive player, a guy that was your best offensive player last season. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he just obviously hasn't stepped up. And I thought that was going to be a key if the Yankees were ever going to get it going in the first half. He was going to have to start swinging a hot bat, and he right. just hasn't been there yet. No, he hasn't. Um, I think mean, he's been playing a little better lately. But, yeah, like you said, overall in the year, he just hasn't done well. His power numbers especially have been down, like you said. Um, but I don't know. I, you know, I think sometimes when they bat him at the top of the order, like when are we going to eventually pull the plug on that? I mean, he's, yeah. a, he's a good hitter. He has a good approach. But, you know, if it come playoff time, are you going to want to get a little creative, put Urshela lead off, put uh, Voight lead off? We've seen them do that. Put 
uh, Rizzo leadoff, whatever you want to do. But, you know, not uh, to be talking about this now versus two months ago, it, it's talk about problems then versus now. This is definitely yeah. nothing to, to frown upon for sure. Getting kinky there, putting Luke Voigt lead off or yeah, Anthony that. Rizzo lead off. Yeah, yeah that, 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 that'd be interesting. It's really crazy when you look at the eight, uh, not the ace, the Rays. Like, I always doubt them. You look at their lineup, and you're like, how is this team? How are they the second? Like, how is this team the best team in the American League? They're without their best pitcher. And it's not like they went out and added a frontline starter. Who have the are the two best records in their respective leagues? The Rays. The, and Giants, the Giants and the Rays. And you're like, Wait, this, this team has Lamont Wade Jr. batting leadoff, and, and Darren Ruff is their cleanup hitter. And you look at the Rays, and you're like, okay, Nelson Cruz. But then you look at the even – no. You know what shocks – it's not even the lineup. The Rays' pitching staff, you just look at it, you're like, okay, Ryan Yarbrough, Shane McConaughey. Like, okay, this is nothing special. And you're like, oh, they're just one of the most complete teams in baseball. I don't know how they do it. I really don't. That's the thing, though. Like the Rays are different. I can look at the Giants and I, and I can pinpoint why. Like it doesn't make sense, but they're having a lot of guys having re- career resurgences. And then I look at the pitching rotation, and I'm like, okay, Johnny Cueto's having a nice year. Gosman's having a Cy Young candidate type year. Um, Alex Woods having a nice bounce back year. That kid Logan Webb is unbelievable. He's having a great year. So, and their bullpen's great. I understand that. I can see that with the with the Rays. You don't have big time starting pitching names at all. You don't see guys breaking out in their rotation. Right. That's what's confusing to me. Mm-hmm. So, I don't um, I don't I don't think they're going to win the World Series with such a low go there. Oh, the Giants. The Rays. You think they go to the World Series? I don't think the Rays do. I think the Astros do. I think the Chags do. I'm just saying. Like, actually? Like, like take your fandom out of it. Do you actually think they, they do it? I mean, they've been the best team in the American League in the second half of the season, so. For, um, for two months. I don't think it's month out and of, a half. I don't think it's out of the equation. It's not out of the equation. I, I don't know. I don't if know. The bullpen... You can't like you just can't predict it with baseball. You just need you need so many things to go right for you in order to get to the World Series. And I can't the best team on paper obviously doesn't always get there. We can only predict and, and assume. But you know, you gotta be right at the hot time. You need so hot at the right time. Need, what'd I say? Right at the hot time. <laughs> The, the yeah. Yankees bullpen is what's sketchy to me. I know, I know, and that's, that's, that's why sketchy for me too. If Chapman was Chapman, I'd say yeah, they they have a legit shot. I'd be scared, right? But they don't like they're good and they've got scary hitters, but they don't scare me if I'm an American League team. I know I can get to that bullpen, and their starters have been you know really really good this year. It's been a I massive surprise. Gonna, I think they're going to have to get creative with it and. We saw the Washington Nationals when they won the World Series. Same question. Rotation, really good. That bullpen, though, sketchy. And they used Patrick Corbin in that, like, re- reliever role where he – that reliever – relief ace role where he was coming in, throwing two innings, throwing four innings, whatever the hell he needed to get out of him. And, I and I mean, I said it before, Severino, I don't know if, if he's going to be back. There's, there's still – he just got cleared to throw again, but – 
you can't count on guys like that to come back. But if he did come back, I wouldn't be opposed to seeing him do that. I think they they should bring Herman as a reliever. He's he's been a reliever in the beginning of his career, so I think they can get help in that way. You know, they have so much depth, the Yankees, and I think they can add some guys to the bullpen that can help them from the starting range. They, they, they have, have depth starters. No, they they definitely have depth and guys that can go to the bullpen. But let's not compare those pitching staffs. What? But let's not compare those pitching staffs. Like starting rotation. Oh, the Nationals don't, in it. Well, don't, don't do that. Yeah. You had Scherzer, who was right on par with Cole, but then you had Strasburg, who mm-hmm. was really good that year, and yeah, Corbin I, I'd was mixing around. I'd say the Yankees' depth is better than that Nationals rotation was. It's about like the four or five. Like is Jordan it? Montgomery as a four versus, you know. Well, who's, who's two, three Kluber in time. that sense? Yeah, I'm not. Anibal Sanchez was pitching big games for the Nationals uh, for the Nationals that year, and he was really good out of that four spot. Let's not compare those rotations. Right. Yankees, I agree with you. The Yankees have more pitchers. I don't know if they're all better, but they have more pitchers. Um, what else we got? You know, we we talk about the Mets and their collapse. We gonna start talking about the Padres? Oh my God, I know. And they had, and we talk about the Mets. Maybe they didn't have as much World Series hype as other teams. The Padres had World Series hype, and now they're probably. I don't think they're gonna make the playoffs. Hmm. They they play a lot of. There a lot of their remaining games are against um, teams above five hundred. Who, who and, they the, got, and the, they got swept by who? The Rockies or somebody? Somebody swept them. The Dodgers yeah, last week swept them too. Uh, last week, no, not even last week. It was a week and a half ago. Yeah, the Rockies swept, swept the Rockies. them. Rockies don't sleep on the Rockies. The Rockies are good. Okay, I, I'll I'll hibernate on the Rockies. You see. You see the year CJ Crone's having? Yeah, he's actually having a ridiculous year. 916 OPS. Welcome to Coors Field. That's what happens. Holy crap. Okay, hold on one second. The Rockies are 60 and 70, okay, which obviously isn't something, you know, to go crazy about, but they were expected to be a really bad team. They are 43 and 22 at home. I mean... See, that's a little weird, though, because, you know, you, you are playing it on the same field as other teams, but I guess they get so used to to hitting and pitching in that ballpark that they just what, – so what, so what the hell is their road record? 17 and 48. Oh, my. Oh, my <laughs> God. That is terrible. Yeah. So they're, they're like one of the best teams in baseball at home and then one of the worst teams in baseball on the road. I mean, I think they're the best team in baseball at home. Yeah, and the worst team in baseball on the road. Yeah, Except there's like not the a team. Oh, the White Sox are better at home. Really? And the Rays are really good at home. Why are the White Sox really like you? What is What the hell is their park even called anymore? Oh, uh, it's guaranteed rate. Guaranteed rate, yeah. Yeah, uh, the, the, the Rockies are better by half a game. Guaranteed rate's hot. That's a nice stadium. You know, while I do love baseball... I'm really just – I'm so hyped for football. And, and the Yankees have strung me along where I I, I kind of calmed down with my football hype. But now, like, I just did a fantasy draft the other day, and, and the preseason's over. Like, I just want to see my boy Zach start slinging it. 
Yeah. Um, after watching uh, the Giants, I feel the same way. Uh, the Giants yesterday. Yeah. Oh, that really? Was, Daniel um, Jones throwing a crossbody interception in the end zone really got you. Yeah. We'll we'll get we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, how much? How much? How long have we been on here? That's a great question. We should go to break right now. You think we should go to break? Yeah. All right. That yeah, I think that's enough for um the baseball. Um, hopefully when we talk next, maybe maybe the Mets win like four straight and the Dodgers lose uh the Braves lose four. Maybe. Maybe. Definitely. I'm not counting on it. We'll be right back. We're gonna get into some football. The S and Podcast Channel. The perfect channel for any style of podcast. We have all different pop culture style podcasts for all of your listening needs. If you would like to start a podcast, you can reach us at sndpodcast at gmail.com. We are always looking for new podcasts to add to our channel, and the topic could be anything you want. So contact us now. Here we go. Back. Episode 29 of the Hardline Sports Talk. John Michael Masiri, Michael Merlo with you. We are back. Um, we are going to do some NFL football now. Very excited for that. Um, this is like the... I don't know the word I'm I'm looking for, but like this is the most excited you'll be. Like this is like what yeah. is like the climax of like excitement yeah. that you will be. You're at the top of the roller coaster right now. Exactly for the NFL season. I'm, I'm just I'm so there. Um, when you want to start, does. I mean, with the draft and free agency and training camp right. and everything like that, head coaching hires, you know. And, you know, uh, I tried to watch. I tried to watch Hard Knocks tonight. Couldn't do it. Really? I yeah. Mean, you know, this season isn't anything special. The Cowboys kind of suck. Um, oh, oh but, yeah, like, I know it's that. It's not like, like the Raiders one was really good. The Rams was really good. The Browns was really good. Um, so, yeah, I'm not really loving this season, but, like, I still enjoy it. I watch it. I'm not. I don't know. Over the years, I've tried to watch it. I'm not a big Hard Knocks guy. Really? Yeah, and it's, How like, right up my alley, obviously. I know. I don't. I don't know. It's it's weird. Like, Maybe I'll try that, again, dude. You look at the mic'd up stuff and the, the you know behind the scenes, and then like you got you fall in love with a couple of those like fringe like practice squad guys who might make the team, and it's the best. You know what I think it is? Don't call me like a wuss or anything. I just finished Outer Banks. Okay, so like the suspense and the drama, uh-huh. and then obviously falling in love with Madeline Klein, like oh, yeah. nothing will take like watching a show. Like I'm waiting for that suspense and drama, and I just am not getting that. Well, with Hard Knocks is filled with suspense and drama, though. I feel like, yeah, like but said, not now. Like the, who's gonna get cut? I'm not there yet. Huh? I'm not. I'm in the first episode. Wait, what do you want me to tell you? I can't control how you feel. What do, what do you want me to do? I need a new show, but I don't want to watch Sopranos. I I'm sorry. Sopranos I, I don't really like right up your alley. Like, I know if I, can, if I can write a show for you, it's literally the Sopranos, but cool. Don't, don't watch what I tell you to watch. It's fun. It's only like, you know what, the, the, like the, the one of the most popular shows ever. It's, it's fun. You know what the thing is? It's like right now, like I'm just like school starts on Wednesday and everybody's gone. So like today I had a little downtime. I'm like, I really want to start a show, but like, I'll start the show like today or tomorrow and then school starts and I'm back on a regular work schedule. And I'm like, 
oh, I have no time for the show. So I don't know. Let me see how next week goes. We'll maybe I'll school starts. Do like an episode a day or something. Maybe I'll start this. Maybe, maybe I'll start the Sopranos. But um, anyway, let's um. It's really not a crucial t- decision, but it's big. It is big. It's really not. Maybe I'll rewatch West Wing. Less pressure. Oh my god. Or one tree hill. Anyway, West Wing was West Wing was the show that was finishing second in Golden Globes and stuff to The Sopranos. I mean, they won a couple, but it was a very good show. West Wing's great. They both came out at, like, the same time. Yes. Uh, Yeah, I mean, listen. (sighs) Whatever. Don't. Martin Sheen's a goat. Anyway. All right. I'm I'm trying. I'm trying to get into the NFL, and you're just coming right back at me. Get into the NFL. I don't want to hear your sob story about TV shows anymore. Yeah, exactly. All right, you want to start? Let's start Giants. That's where I want to start. The Giants played their final preseason game Sunday night against the Patriots. I don't know the outcome. Oh, I do know the outcome, but nobody really cares about the outcome. All we care about is how the starters looked, and they played for about a half. Evan Ingram got hurt. He has a calf injury, and they don't know if he's going to be ready for week one. You see me worried about it or crying about it? I don't care. Sounds just like about every weapon on that offense. Yeah, but the thing is, Galladay should be good. They're saying Tony should be good, and they're even saying Saquon should be good, and they're even giving – I think they're saying Kyle Rudolph should be good as well. So if those guys are there, Evan Ingram can kick rocks. By the way, why does Darius Slayton look like he's, like, never played football before? What do you mean? That was a bad drop yesterday. Yeah, but even last year, like – this guy was supposed to be like a breakout. Like we saw flashes in 2019. And then last year he comes out and he had a crappy year. Like I, I just, I don't get it. What's going on with this guy? I think last year there was a lot of pressure on him. Obviously he was not able to be a number two wide receiver in that offense. And I, I think there's going to be less pressure this year. And I think he'll make some plays, but it wasn't a good uh, preseason start for him at all. Daniel Jones, this is my final thing on Daniel Jones, okay? Obviously, I think a lot is a lot of his um, success is going to ride on whether or not this offensive line works. And Andrew Thomas had a putrid day yesterday, okay? Putrid. Mm-hmm. But the offensive line is going to – if the offensive line plays well, he's going to play well, I think. But the thing with Jones is – you're going to disagree with me here. The talent is there, okay? Where When I mean by the talent is there – he could put the ball in a lot of spots. He's he's pretty accurate. He's got a nice arm. He can move around. He's mobile. He's 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 got those traits. He has to work on being less worse. Does that make sense? So like he's not going to get ball. better exactly. Yeah. If he takes care well, of the football, he'll be a good quarterback. There, I don't think. I think Daniel Jones. I think there's some talent there. I think you see it. He's obviously he's athletic. He can run. Um, you, like you said, he's accurate. He's shown that he's he's pretty accurate. But yeah, those those plays that make you go, what the hell was that? He needs way less of those. And, and I think the biggest thing with that's a flaw in this game is obviously ball security, and then also taking what the defense gives you and. I think pocket presence. I think he's got a little better with pocket presence. He has. I, I think there's still a long way to go. I think his – see, quarterbacks are going to turn the ball over, right? Very rarely you're going to see a guy, you know, throw zero interceptions and zero fumbles. Right. So he's going to turn the ball over. Right. What he needs to not do is like what you just said, the preseason game yesterday where he just throws a terrible pick in the red zone. Like those 
backbreaking. What the hell do you see? Right. What the hell you look at? Type right. of they, they interceptions. Have a, they have an those have to go, and he throws a pick to end it. Kind of a thing. The, that has to end right there. You can turn the ball. Like, listen, he has he throws twelve interceptions, fumbles the ball six six times, whatever it is. I mean, you don't want to see that, but right. you you can live with that. That's, right. that's part of the game. The turnovers are part of the game, so you can live with that. But yeah, the, the back breaking turnovers have to stop. I, it's all going to ride on this offensive line. I, I've said it for a long time. They should have not added as many weapons. I, I like the Galladay signing. They needed a number one wide receiver. But they didn't need Tony. They didn't need another one on top of it. So I like having the first round pick, but I would have liked the offensive lineman in that first round in that pick number eleven slot there. Yeah, and that's that's the thing. You know, Billy Price seems like the first guy that they've added to this offensive line. They just well, they've him. added they've added like small small and yeah, names Billy, here I and mean, there. Billy Price is not. I don't even think he's going to be a starter now. Uh, I don't think so. so uh, did you, did you see the Yankee game? Yeah, I know. Oh. Grand Slam, right? Yeah. Um, but this offensive line, like we said, they they're gonna live and die with the offensive line. This is the crucial part of the season. Andrew Thomas looked awful. Awful. Yeah. Uh, the other day, he had a terrible game, which is obviously what you don't want to see. This is a guy that they're hoping takes a big step this year. He had his he started had a bad start to his rookie year last year. Then he showed a couple flashes, kind of up and down, but mostly down. And they're hoping that they'll see way more ups this year, but his second half was good. That's not that's not what you want to see to start, you know, the preseason. Oh, 100 percent That was terrible. And, and a couple other guys played well. The t- tackles overall did not play well. Right. Will Hernandez played very well at right guard. The center, Nick Gates, looked good. But um, yeah, they add Billy Price. I don't know how much that's gonna how here's much my, that's gonna here's do. My thing with the Giants. Okay. They have a lot of question marks on the offense. We agree with that, right? You have the offensive yeah. line. You have Daniel Jones. You have Saquon. How's his health? Uh, how's uh, Kenny Galladay's health going to be? Tony, whatever. Evan Ingram, is he going to still keep dropping passes? If this team has a bad year offensively, it can set the franchise back a couple of years because now all of a sudden you're like, hold on, we need a quarterback. And you're like, well, we also have to pay. Is Saquon going to be a free agent after this year? Um, no, he but he's going to be. Option? He's going to hold out. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, you're going to have that situation. It depends how Saquon does. Is he healthy or not? But there's going to be a lot of questions. And I think if Daniel Jones does not have a great year, I think Gettleman's out. I think that's pretty obvious. Gettleman's gone. yeah. And then do the Giants kind of say, hold on, are we the Jets right now? Did we just get our Sam Darnold and had no offensive line to protect him and ruined him? And now we need to restart again. Let's trade Daniel Jones. Let's pick a quarterback. We need to focus on this line. But my problem with that is if they go that, and listen, this is is hypothetical. I just gave you a bunch of things that are going to happen. But if this is the road they go down where Jones isn't playing well, the offensive didn't have a great year, and they're thinking we need to move on from quarterback, your hands are tied a little bit because you got to let Saquon go. And I don't know if they want to do that. And they have decent cap space. Not, not great. They don't have as much as the jets did, obviously, but I'm imagining they're going to, I don't know where they're going to finish in the standings, but they might have to package first round picks to move up to get their quarterback. It just, like I said, it can get a little, it can get a little ugly and it could, that's a couple of years. 
that's why that's where I disagree. I obviously it'll set them back a couple of years. But I think you do, I mean, I don't think they have a choice but to pay Saquon at this point. I think you have that pick. You have both of those picks. I think I, the Bears pick on, is gonna be pretty right high. There? I don't what do you mean they don't have a choice? I think they do have a choice. I mean, I do not agree with paying running backs. That's not how I roll. I wouldn't have drafted drafted him in the first place. But when you draft him that high, and if he comes back and has a phenomenal season. You can't operate your organization like that. You can't want. But if he has a great season, you don't bring him back. If he has a great year, you don't bring him back. If he doesn't fit into your your team's future plans and you you need money somewhere else to allocate somewhere else, no, you don't bring him back. Let's see, he's only had one full season, his rookie season with the Giants. Only had one really good season in the NFL. It's not like he's been like Barry Sanders for them. Every year he's putting up 1,200-plus rushing yards, and he's been the backbone of their offense. Like, he hasn't been on the field. Yeah, I, I guess you're right. You don't have to bring him back. I Listen, I, like I said, I don't want to pay, you know, whatever it is, 10% of my cap, I, you know, any any really big percentage of my cap right. space to a running back. That would, just, that would be just really irresponsible if they said – Oh, well, we drafted this guy so high and he's been a good player for us and whatnot. Do we see him fitting in financially to our future plans? Not really, but we kind of have to pay him. You can't, you don't have to do anything. I mean, listen, if he has a phenomenal year and he's a big part of the offense, okay, you, you might want to bring him back. But I think the thing with the picks, I think that Bears pick is going to be pretty high this year. Mm-hmm. I think in the inside the top 10, close to the close to 10. Um, I think you you could package your pick in that pick. You go up and get a quarterback. And, yeah, you set the franchise back a year or two because you have to rebuild the offensive line, but you have the weapons in place to now give this quarterback, you know, an opportunity. Again, rebuild the offensive line, new GM, that's big. But I I wouldn't say it's a – I mean, you don't want – you want Jones to work. You set this up for Jones to work. You don't want it. But I, the way they set this up where they gave themselves almost insurance with this extra first-round pick to possibly move up and get a quarterback or even package a couple of picks and go trade for a quarterback right. if one veteran is available. Aaron Rodgers. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I think it's uh, – I don't think it's a terrible spot to be in. No. And, you know, I don't want to go off topic here, but I am. Speaking of packaging first-round picks, can we just real quick touch on Deshaun Watson here? I yeah, mean, absolutely. I mean, the Miami Dolphins apparently now are, I, I mean, first of all, I think all these rumors are BS and smoke screens, and I, uh, I'm not going to believe it until I see it, but why would the Miami Dolphins want to trade for Deshaun Watson right now? And, okay, like, you have Tua, and then I don't, I'm not high on Tua. I don't think Tua is going to be anything special, but still, you have a young quarterback who's on a team friendly deal, obviously, and he's under contract for a long time. Why would you go trade three first round picks, which is what the Texans want, for a guy who has uh, 22 sexual assault allegations on his head right now? Yeah. Um, I, I think this is, um, I saw a report today also that the, the um the Texans got a trade offer over the summer, earlier in the summer, which was a I mean a massive massive deal, and the team the the team was not specified, but the Texans declined the contract, declined declined the trade. The team had thought they were overpaying, 
and the Texans never countered. So clearly they don't want to trade him. But th- again, that was a few months ago. I think this is more of the Dolphins checking in and, and trying to get their yeah. foot in the door for when everything is cleared up and they can then make a move and step in when they know exactly what's going on to possibly make a trade, whether it's in the middle of the season, whether it's in the offseason. Right. I think Deshaun Watson will end up with Miami. That's that's what I'm saying. Whether it's now, whether it's in three months, whether it's in a year. And the NFL, I don't get how Watson, like Trevor Bauer keeps getting put on administrative leave and whatever. How is right. Watson not on some sort of leave right now? Because they have no, I don't know how, how much actual hard proof evidence they have on him. But same thing with Bauer. I mean, this woman came out with a case, but he hasn't been put on trial yet or anything. Like I think that. it's, I think it's, I think that's criminal now, isn't it? It what? is like a criminal investigation, I think. Um, well, I, no, good. I, Please I, drop I, the mic. That's good. Um, well, let me make sure I'm still connected here. That's not good, right? Yeah, you're good. All right, I'm good. Um, I mean, I don't know the differences in legalities, but I know that Watson's cases are all civil suit, all civil suits, which means um, the police are not involved in that. But the the FBI, the the FBI FBI was the FBI was investigating him. So the FBI is investigating him, but not the no, I thought. the. But this is a it's a civil suit. So there's no criminal charges being brought against him in a civil suit. So what they're asking for money, kind of a thing? Uh, yeah, basically. Uh, I don't know. This this stuff's just... it's. Listen, I'm not a lawyer. You're not a lawyer. You're not going to school to be a lawyer, and I am most certainly not going to yeah. school to be a lawyer. So I don't really care. I just hope everything works out for everybody in these situations. And if it means Deshaun Watson's back on a football field, then God bless him. Right. Because he is something else on that field. Um, where do you want to pivot to here? Let's talk Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson. Zach I haven't heard a lot of Zach Wilson. He didn't play on Saturday. I was no, upset. See, Friday. I was getting all excited, and I think they took him out because it was raining at MetLife, and which is a very smart decision. Yeah, I wouldn't put my rookie quarterback on a wet turf field in a preseason game and risk oh, yeah? tearing his ACL. Um, yeah, I'm how do you feel that. with the Jets making all these smart decisions? Scary, right? Waiting for that hammer to just go, and I think that hammer honestly might have been Carl Lawson, but um, but now we got that's Shaq not the Lawson. Jets' fault. Now we got Shaq Lawson, so hey, Shaq Lawson, Carl Lawson, potato, potato, you know? Oh, right, yeah, sure. Same. Um, yeah. I'm excited to see the Jets. I went through the schedule today, actually. I, was, I went to Nathan's on the way home from school today. Yeah, you got fries, no? That was the only thing I was getting. Yeah. I was getting a little thing of fries. It was on the way. Grabbed some fries, and I was in there waiting for it. It took like five minutes. Fries weren't ready. Um, and I was going through the Jets schedule. I found six to seven wins, huh? which I thought I'm was. Very pleased with that. Oh, yeah, 100%. And I honestly thought it was going to be like five because mm-hmm. I think their defense is going to be putrid this year, to be completely yeah. honest with you. I think it's going to be really bad. 
I think the offense are going to score points. I think, I think they're going to be exciting. I think they're. I don't think the defense, defense is going to be good. Might be putrid. I think they're. They'll have a good run defense. They have a good defensive line. Uh, that pass rush though. If the pass rush is good, then the pass defense will be better. Obviously, but that secondary losing Lawson is the not. Corners, the corners are just nauseating. Honestly, is the word. And they cut Lamar Jackson today. Not to be confused. Oh. Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson. That's so depressing. Cornerback Lamar Jackson was cut today from the New York Jets. I know. That's that's something. That's a big name right there. Very sad. Very is sad. Bryce Hall still on the team? Bryce Hall is still on the team. Thank God. He's looking good at least in we camp, got, apparently. At least we got one big name on that uh, yeah, secondary. Making, making TikToks on the sideline. I saw a mock trade the other day. Marcus May for Chandler Jones. I want to make any. Uh, I don't know. Chandler Jones makes no sense for this team. Yeah, Chandler well, Jones is third. Yeah, let's get an old guy to rush for us for a year, and then bring him back on a contract that would be probably outrageous for what oh, he's yeah. going to want. And then by the time you're seriously competing for a championship, he'll be 35 or 36 in the second year oh, of that contract, yeah, where smart. you're overpaying for him because that makes sense. That's smart. Yeah, building team. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, please, if you're going to do anything, if you're going to spend the money, spend That's, it on Marcus May. At least he's 25 you know, or 26 years old. Sometimes I have to check myself, and I did this. I actually did it with Chandler Jones. I saw Carl Lawson towards ACL, whatever, or towards Achilles, and they were like, oh, the Jets could be players for Chandler Jones. I was like, let's go. That's sick. Like, Chandler Jones is so good. And then, I, I, and then I'm like, hold on. Check yourself here, guy. As much as I'd love to have Chandler Jones – and I love to see my football team win. We're, we don't need Chandler Jones right now. We're not going anywhere with Chandler Jones right now. That doesn't make any sense. This has to be a very patient building process. But like with the Mets, where we said, you know, you got the, they had to be a little patient with the new ownership and kind of let them get their hands on this team. You still want to see them perform right away. I, I don't want to see this team, the, the Jets, go 2-15 and 15 this year. It's completely different, though, because the Jets the Jets are so young. There's no expectation for the Jets this year. Hey, although, there is, like, a little bit of buzz going on right now for the Jets. Not, like, playoffs, but, like, in the they better show Like, they better show you something kind right. of buzz. Like, there are people, like, all over their offense, and Corey Davis and Elijah Moore are going to, like, have, like, these crazy years, and Zach Wilson's winning Rookie of the Year and stuff like that. And, I mean, at that point, if, if Zach Wilson wins Rookie of the Year and, like, Corey Davis has an a thousand yard season and this and that. You would think that would correlate with like at least seven wins. Yeah. No. I mean, you would think so. Like Herbert won rookie of the year last year in a similar situation when didn't have a great team. And what they win seven games, eight games. They won seven games. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they weren't like in it, in it, but, yeah, but they seven were, playoff teams. They were relevant at least, you know, seven playoff teams. Listen, I think that's all you should be hoping for it we're point. not talking about, hopefully the, the expectations for us jets fans is hopefully we start flirting with playoffs going into next year and you might not be there I'd next pro- season i'd probably but... say 2023 but you know we saw with the knicks it could just accelerate quickly you know with new with new coaching so yeah 100 percent. who knows I'm excited to watch the Jets. I keep saying it, but I am. I'm, I'm, I'm excited, excited to see what the team does. I'm excited for our episode next week when we go over, like we did with baseball, everything. Give our predictions for the season. Give our, our uh, division winners and everything. I'm I'm hyped for that. Super Bowl pick. 
forgot to announce that. Yeah. So we're going to do a big time prediction show on coming out on Tuesday, next Tuesday. Mm-hmm. You know, there's this um, there's this website where you can predict every NFL game. Maybe we should know, do that. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll use we'll use that. Yeah. We'll be really, really specific when it comes to playoff Super like Bowl that. records. And then, you know, we'll you pick our. I know. I, I try and use it at least twice a week. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you should try it more often. Yeah. I mean, if as you can see, I don't use my head. If Like, there's like three Mets shirts hanging up on the right there. Oh. I don't use my head there. Uh, oh. uh, Mac Jones looked good again. Yeah. The other day, yeah. I, I like this kid. I really do. You think they should play him week one? Yeah, I don't. Listen, there's no need to see Cam. There's absolutely no need to see Cam. We know what he is. I, I think listen, Jones. Yeah, I, I feel bad. I think Jones is more pro ready than right. other guys. Like Fields, like I would sit Fields he's for a couple of weeks most, behind Trevor Lawrence. He's probably the most pro ready guy out of all the rookie quarterbacks. If you, yeah. But you know what? I kind of don't like that term. To be honest with you, the whole pro ready thing. Like, I understand it. Like, some guys are more raw and you need more to develop them and stuff like that. But just because they're more pro ready, it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to come into the season and have a better rookie year than guys that aren't pro ready. I think it just means the level they came into the NFL at from like a a maturity and, and yeah, maturity and whatever from that standpoint. Yeah, but guys learn quickly and. You know, like Zach Wilson's a guy that they say you can learn very quickly, and he could be more pro ready than Mac Jones by week one. You know, you know, you you just don't know. I agree with you. I I think. I also think when you say, I think when you say pro ready, though, like it's literally ready. Like I just think he looks so comfortable in that offense. I just think it works. Pro ready automatically puts the thought in my mind that they have a low. But a high floor and a low ceiling. Like they're just like they're gonna be like solid. That's what pro ready. I don't know. And and I said Trevor Lawrence is pro ready, and I think his ceiling's pretty friggin' high. But that's just what automatically goes into my head. Like that's weird. I don't know. Pro ready is just. I think I think you're just using it with like an Alabama quarterback like Mac Jones. Huh. I think that can, like I think Lawrence is pro ready, but I also think Trevor Lawrence is gonna be a freaking superstar. Right. But Mac Jones should be th- – I think he should be thrown into the fire right away. I mean, Cam – I feel bad for we, Cam. He's had a rough we know, path, we know what it is with Cam. Cam's I don't feel bad for Cam. Older issues and, you know, he's obviously aging. He's not as quick as he was. And it's just – he's not a great quarterback anymore. He's not. Top five backup in the league somewhere else, but no. Nah. Right. Why not there? Yeah. Belichick will find, you know, interesting ways to use him. I think Belichick really likes Cam, though. And I don't know if he puts it out on as like a front for the media and to motivate Jones, but he certainly it seems se- like he really It likes seems him. like he does, right? I don't know. You're right about that. Mm-hmm. I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't like him. Um, you got any but I think it's, NFL things to cover, by the way? I think it's different with Fields. That's the only thing. I don't think Fields is like there yet. Yeah, he's too raw. Oh, you know, I oh, I heard this. Was it Anita Marks or someone said? Oh, that idiot. Um, Justin Fields and Trey Lance are gonna be the best quarterbacks because of the systems that they're in. I'm sorry. Since when did Matt Nagy and the Chicago Bears have this like 
unbelievable system that's like perfect for quarterbacks, and this is where they're going to thrive. <laughs> Did we not just see Mitchell Trubisky and how that ended? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. And you think Justin Fields is going to come out of nowhere and, and thrive in this in this system? Yeah, oh, he's going to be really good as Matt Nagy offense. Come on. You want to hear something very interesting that I heard on WFAN today from Brandon Tierney, actually, with their CBS Sports Minutes. Nah, this is very interesting, and I actually I, I think I agree with this, and nah. this is going to be my reasoning for why I think Fields is going to be a bust. I want you to look at the five quarterbacks drafted, okay? Trevor Lawrence. In a system where I think Urban Meyer is going to – you might disagree. I think Urban Meyer is going to be there for a while – you know, an, an offense where you could, you know, have see sustained success mm-hmm. where the coach isn't going anywhere for at least three years. Right. Same thing in New England with Mac Jones. I think with um, Rob Sala and Zach Wilson, I think you see that that it's a it's a new thing. It's not he's going to have time to develop in that system. Right. Same thing with um, yes. Trey Lance. Shanahan's definitely not going anywhere. But the second that Bears team fails. Matt Nagy's out, and They'll Justin Fields is dealing. And, yeah, exactly. And Justin Fields is dealing with a new quarterback. I almost think that if they struggle with Andy Dalton, should they even let Nagy touch Fields? Should they just fire Nagy at that point? Or do you give him a run with Fields? But then you need to look at it like this. Let's say you, you, you're you giving Nagy two more years, so a full year with, with Fields now. And then it doesn't work out, and you right. have to fire Nagy, and now it's another head coach in year so three with then Fields. You just feel like you're you're a rookie again, and you just have to hit the reset button. We saw it with Jared Goff in in uh, St. Louis, and then turned into L.A. Jeff Fisher was with them the first year, and Jared Goff was nothing special. And then Jeff Fisher's out the door, and Sean McVay comes over, and all of a sudden Jared Goff takes the ramps to the Super Bowl, and we're talking about him in the MVP conversation one year. And then obviously we know that went downhill, but it's like you you think the Rams wish they did that a year earlier and they had one more year of Goff? How yeah. they do? It's like you're oh. a rookie again when you have to go through that. And the same thing with the Jets. I mean. Except the problem with the Jets was the guy that they fired and, uh, you know, the, the guy that they hired after the first coach they fired for Sam Darnold was worse than the guy they originally fired. So they just doubled down on their head coaching screw-ups. But, yeah, it's like starting it's like starting your freaking career over. And that's – that is like – I think Joe Burrow is a good quarterback and I think he's m- meant for success in the NFL. And that – it's kind of the same thing I say with Lawrence – how is that going to work out in Cincinnati though? Like he's got Zach Taylor who already was being questioned to get fired one year in with his career with the, the Bengals. And you go out and you get Jamar chase on a team that already had Tyler Boyd and T Higgins, and you don't have a, an offensive lineman anymore. And you're going to be looking at Joe Burrow. Basically you're going to be looking at Joe Burrow coming off of it, coming off of a really bad injury with a coach that's not proven, that's not, you know, big time. And they might be going into year three with a new head coach and a new system. You know, that, that's that, not, you're that, right. That's that really, not good. That really took some balls for the Bengals to go out and pick Jamar Chase. And especially when you have your, exactly like you said, your quarterback coming off a torn ACL, like a terrible injury. It's not good. 
that's really not good. I I don't understand how they how they do that. I I don't. And and when you see the Super Bowl, when you see what happens to the best player in the world when he literally can't do anything because he doesn't have two tackles. Mm-hmm. Two of his tackles were out. He couldn't do a damn thing. And teams don't learn. So, you know, the my my team my my team included. Yeah, if you're running for your life, you're you're not getting it to those weapons. Exactly. I have my belt from football here. I don't know why I'm just noticing this now, but it's probably been here for like so long. And I never really wore one. That's nice. the funny thing. Yeah. Um, this is a good show. Yeah, it was a good show. Good. good I, I'm go with the cameras. I'm very excited to uh, put this on YouTube, post everywhere. Again, our lists are on our Instagram account. We're doing we're going to do running back soon, right? We'll do running back soon. I'm, I'm very excited. So we're just doing top 10 position by position in the NFL before the season starts. And Monday, we've got our big preseason prediction show. And, of course, the season starts a week and a half next yeah. Thursday. Cannot wait. Me neither. Cowboys, Bucks. Should be a good one. Cowboys, Bucks. Anything, anything to say here before we go? No, I'm just enjoying my toy car here. But uh... Yeah, I see you. Yeah, like you said, YouTube, TikTok, we're going to be all over those uh, now with, with now that we got this. I mean, the TikTok account, we already put a couple up, but we were really waiting for this to really launch it. Right. Um, And, yeah, I mean, hopefully this black and white situation gets figured out tomorrow when I go to IT. Although I kind of yeah. like it. I don't know. Yeah, no, definitely fix it. Well, I kind of like it. I might just stick with it. I might cancel the appointment right now. Definitely, definitely fix it. We're very excited. Please look at our socials. We'll be updating them a lot this next week. Have a great day. We will talk to you later in the week.